Well, right on. We are jumping into a doozy tonight. It's going to be fun. So we finished um, the last four weeks. We're going through that Y series. Um, But then we're starting a new series where we're going to go through a book. And I thought, what better place to start than the very beginning? So we're going to go through Genesis. And let me pull this up real quick. So before we go any further, I always want to put a scripture as the, the first thing to even just symbolize to us that it's the ultimate authority. So um, if you need a Bible, Michael will give you a Bible. Um, just raise your hand. I'll hand you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, that is yours to keep forever and ever and cherish it. Uh, so we're going to be Genesis 1. Open up to Genesis 1. Yeah, and I think if I, if I remember right, the maroon Bibles have the bigger text. Okay, so if you need a bigger text, grab the maroon one. The red one or the black one. So Genesis 1. And if you guys will stand with me for the reading of the word, and we'll get into it. Okay, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And believe it or not, that's as far as we are going to get tonight. So pray with me. Father in heaven, we praise you and we glorify you. We thank you for your word that we just read, and we trust, uh, knowing from your word that it's living and active. Lord, that as we read it, your, your word alone is, is changing us as those words are getting into us, Lord, and, and changing our lives and having a, a tangible effect. Uh, Lord, I ask that, um, as always, I am in desperate, desperate need of you, Holy Spirit, in guiding me through this. As we, as we go through this book of Genesis, where you're setting the foundation of everything that's to come through the rest of Scripture, And through the rest of time, Lord, I ask as we tackle really one of the most controversial books in scripture, Lord, I ask that you would uh, give us all patience, give us all humility, Lord, grant us all wisdom as we can walk through this together and rightly divide your word for your glory. In Jesus name, I pray all this. Amen. So have a seat. So as I said, we're jumping into a doozy. And so if you have not extensively studied through Genesis, I would like to welcome you to the thousand and thousand year long debate. There are, uh, so we can all humble ourselves. There are strong believers um, who see Genesis quite differently. And so as we go into this book, there's so much weight in Genesis. There's so much uh, of setting the foundation for the rest of scripture as we move forward um, that I'm actually been very, I'm wanting to handle it very carefully, but I also, um, I think this goes without saying, but I want to say it to make sure scripture is infallible. So that book that you hold, 
that Bible, you can take that to the bank all day long. What you read in there is going to be truth. I am not scripture. So I'm going to do my best and that's my job. And that's the weight of me being up here is that I am studying and trying to unpack uh, things as we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, as we go through scripture, that I can unpack things that will hopefully stir, um, stir things up in you. But that's not me doing that. That's the Holy Spirit working through me. But in Genesis, it's Genesis. I think it's really going to take us being uh, very proactive and um, open-minded as we go through this. I, I first want to set the disclaimer that as I go through this, as I said, I am not infallible. My goal is to give you guys things that will cause you to dig, that will um, maybe in some ways I hope that you'll leave with more questions than maybe I gave you answers. And the hope is... In that is that I'm confident as you seek, you're going to find, as you search, you're going to find it. And that you would go to not another person, uh, although there's wisdom and counsel, so you can go to other, other books. But ultimately that I would direct you to go to scripture to find these answers. So as we go through Genesis, specifically this creation account that we're going to take a few weeks going through, um, I would say... Keep, keep an open mind. Maybe all of us read scripture with some kind of preconceived notions or maybe a box that we fit stuff in. And I know as I've studied, I've had to kind of open up that box and not try to keep everything in there. And so I'd ask as we go through this, just get ready. There's probably going to be some different ideas. I wouldn't be surprised if as we go through this, there'll be some ideas that you haven't heard before, or maybe like studied through before. But again, run everything through the filter of scripture. Um, It's probably, if I can be totally open and transparent, it's, it's probably the biggest thing that makes me nervous and, feel a weight by being up here is I so badly want to do a good job of rightly dividing the word of truth. And yet I have had the privilege of sitting in rooms of strong Christian believers who are far smarter than I am, have studied much longer than I have and don't agree on everything. And it leaves me in a place of man, what, what hope do I have? But there is hope. So I I say all this to say, to, to be transparent to you guys that I'm going to do my best to unpack this. And ultimately, uh, where I land is if I say something that lines up with scripture correctly, then we're all edified. And if I say something that doesn't line up with scripture, no, that's not my intent. But if it doesn't line up with scripture, we will all be edified in, I will gladly be wrong and that we can go to scripture. We can find what the truth is and unpack it. Does that all make sense? That's like my big disclaimer for Genesis. Cause it's so weighty. There's so much packed in there. So we're going to get through, uh, Genesis, um, have you guys ever wondered, and I, I've talked about this in our last series, but if you're first starting, you haven't heard that. Um, if you've ever wondered why God, he's done some amazing things in scripture, right? We're going to go through the creation account. Uh, in Colossians, there's a verse, we'll go through it, but in Colossians, it says that uh, he made everything, the heavens and the earth. He made it all like incredible. 
Like, I don't know if you can come up with something more unreal, more incredible, more miraculous than creating everything that exists, right? Have you ever wondered why God didn't just write the Bible himself, meaning not use man at all? Like, it's fully, it, wasn't he fully capable of writing scripture, causing a book to be somewhere and directing somebody to a book to find a book and, right? Is that kind of odd? We see that all throughout scripture, that that's the, the avenue. He's not chained by it, but God chooses in his divine will. He chooses to use men and women. He chooses to use mankind to bring about his will. And so when we're reading scripture, um, we're going to get through so little of Genesis today because I'm going to have the majority of my time is going to be setting up Genesis. Uh, so you'll have to come back next week. But um, the book that we'll be reading in Genesis is written by a human being inspired by the Lord. So don't uh, don't miss understand me there that the Lord is inspiring it, but it's going through the filter of a human being, right? So in that sense, what we have to do is we have to read and understand what that person is saying. Uh, a phrase that I try to remind myself a lot when I'm reading scripture is that scripture, the Bible was written for you, but the Bible was not written to you. Meaning it is profitable. All of scripture is profitable for, for us, but it wasn't directly written to me, to you. This is like picking up somebody else's mail. And if you are reading somebody else's mail, you can grossly misinterpret that mail, right? If you don't know the context of that scripture and that's, well, a good, another good practice of reading scripture. I think we would all know is you read scripture in context because we can easily take one verse in scripture and not look at the surrounding context of that scripture. And we can make it say whatever we want to say to get whatever point we want to get across. We can make it say the thing that we want it to say so we can make a certain decision in life. And I think that that's prevalent. That's really prevalent. Uh, so I can't think of an example, but I, I, I would, I'm I think it's safe to say that we've all seen example of that. So what we need to do, we need to read scripture in context. And that's where her hermeneutics comes in. Does anybody, you guys familiar with hermeneutics, biblical hermeneutics? So biblical hermeneutics is, um, is the study of principles of the principles and methods of interpreting the text of the Bible. So we need to have good biblical hermeneutics when we read scripture. Uh, this is, it, I've already quoted it twice or three times already, but second Timothy two fifteen says, be diligent to present yourselves approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Pastor Rob says that, uh, quotes that scripture all the time. So if there's a right way to divide the word of truth, then there's a wrong way, right? So I would say it's, it's that one bad hermeneutics is, is taking a scripture all on its own, not looking at the context in which it was written and formulating your foundation off of that one that has pulled out of context where we need to good hermeneutics is looking at the entire context. Another key to, to 
seeing that context is, well, one happens automatically. When you read your Bible, what, what do you, uh, what language are you? This is an easy question, by the way. What language are you reading when you read your Bible? English, right? Yeah. Modern English in some of them. So you're already that the translation of the language was done for you, right? So we've already translated one thing, but language is not the only thing culture. Imagine how much cultures change over time within our same culture, speaking the same language within our same culture. We can hear phrases and terms that we don't get. If I, I don't want to crumple up my notes. If I like had crumpled up some trash and I threw it in the trash and I said, Kobe, who, what am I talking about? Kobe Bryant. Okay. A thousand years from now, if someone had the, uh, the transcript of the sermon or someone heard that, are they going to put that together? That there was a basketball player, arguably the greatest basketball player uh, who played for the Lakers, Kobe Bryant. That's context. It's, it's finding the context, the cultural context. Or um, if I said piece of cake, what do I mean? Yeah. Or a piece of cake. Yeah. So it's the context, right? If I just say piece of cake, it's, and that's how crazy is that? That the most literal, the most literal, literal meaning of that isn't what our mind goes to right away. Huh? If I say piece of cake, you immediately don't think, well, he's talking about a piece of cake. Although that's exactly what I said. You think, oh, easy, simple. So that's in our own culture how important translating that is. So when we look at Genesis, this is ancient, ancient. And the culture is so much different than ours. And so we can miss so much depth without the language is already translated for us, but we want to translate the culture. We want to see who it's written to and how they would have understood it. Does that make sense? We want to put ourselves in their shoes. That's being, that's honoring the text. So honoring the text is not going, I want to read this as a 21st century Westerner and I want it. It's going to mean what it means to me. That's not honoring the text because you're not honoring the author. The author's intent is found in when we put the eyes of the reader find how the reader would have understood it. And then we understand it that way. So, um, at first we observe and then, um, we assess it and then we are going to apply it. So at first we need to observe the text. So that's what we're going to go through. And again, I'm going to say not tonight, a ton of it, but that's where we're going to go through Genesis. We're going to observe the text and then we're going to go through and put ourselves in the place of the reader and how they would have understood it. And then we'll take that out and now we'll have a good understanding of it. And then we're going to apply it. So that's, that's my hope in going through Genesis with you guys. Um, Oh, that's what I need. <laughs> um, so here's a little bit of background. I'm not going to go super far into it, but a little bit of background on what the reader, 
an, an ancient Israelite, how they would have understood or the things going on to the, to the ancient Israelite. There's a lot of creation accounts, ancient creation accounts. Um, When we read Genesis, and I've referred to this before, when we read Genesis, our verses that we, I think this is really easy to do in verses we know really well. And I think Genesis, especially the creation account, is really, um, we know it pretty well, right? So it's really familiar and it's really easy with familiar passages to read through them. And you just kind of like blaze through it because in your mind, you kind of have this, I already got this mentality. I think that's what I have. So I have to stop and really work extra hard at like, okay, what is this? What is this? Have I thought through that? Um, so we can really fly through Genesis or really familiar texts and not dissect them. Um, so as we go through this, that's what we're going to do. These, um, ancient Israelites, few things. One, we, in our culture, we separate, uh, these will be common things that I'll keep coming back to them as we go through the creation account. But common things is there was no separation of the natural and the supernatural where we have, we like to categorize stuff in natural and supernatural for an ancient Israelite. It was all one thing. Those weren't split up. Those weren't categorized into two separate things. So for instance, if you, um, if you saw, what's a good, just natural thing. So so you see, um, wheat field and more wheat grows, or you see, you have an apple seed and you plant the apple seed and apple tree grows. Is that natural or supernatural to us? Natural. It's like a natural thing that naturally happens, right? Um, How about a baby being born in a mother's womb? Is that natural or supernatural? Natural, right? Like, did that one get a little blurry? Did it start to go like, oh, wait, what is that? So their concept was, is that, everything was one thing because there wasn't this dividing line to where God wasn't in or out of it, that things operated outside of the, the order that he had already placed in where we categorize things. So we'll come back and visit that, but I want that one to be brewing in the back of your mind as we go through this series. Um, secondly is in their culture. And this is so foreign to us but they were more concerned with the function of things rather than the thing itself. So meaning to me or meaning to us, one of these chairs, if, if the function of this chair wasn't discovered that you sit on it, there was no use for it. Then that chair is useless waste doesn't mean anything. They were concerned with the function, not the actual thing itself. Does that make sense? It's, it's different for us. Cause we were more, we were more oriented to the thing to like, this is a podium. But yet if I didn't have the function to them, it would be nothing like that's, that's useless. That's nothing. 
So we need to have that mindset as we go through this. And that's going to be one of these core ideas that we're going to churn through it uh, as we go through the creation account. Um, as we do this, though, I want to make really, really, really clear, because as I said before, I think I'm going to say some stuff that maybe you'll hear for the first time and understand that this is just stuff we're going to wrestle through together as we go through this series. I want to make really clear that I'm going to focus on what I think we haven't looked at a lot. So we look at Genesis as the structural nuts and bolts of creation. And I think that is how we all naturally read it. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm taking a whole different approach since I think we've all already done that. And as I was sitting thinking to how I'm going to teach through Genesis, uh, that nuts and bolts one is a very, I don't know if preaching and teaching is ever easy, but it's a very straightforward way. What I want to do is, and this is where maybe I'm going to give you more questions than I give you answers is we're going to look at it from the functional perspective. We're going to look at it, not from it was this, this, and this, but why the, the function of each one of these, these things that happen. And in doing so hear me now. And I probably need to repeat it every week. This is not me saying that God didn't create Everything. I'll quote the verse that I think I already alluded to. It's Colossians 1.16. So this is outside of Genesis. This is elsewhere in scripture. So we have this firm foundation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Straightforward. He created everything. Amen. Amen. So as we go through this, I'm, we're going to be looking at the, the function side of it. So we're going to dive right in. Um, I could spend probably three days setting this thing up because that's how my mind wants to do it. But we're just going to dive in and get not very far. And then you guys will come back next week and we'll keep going through it. You guys ready? You game? Is anybody already confused as I just beat around the bush for 20 minutes or so? All right, you're good. Uh, all right, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So right off the bat, though time doesn't exist, did God exist before this? That's right, he did. So... We're looking at this not as this is the beginning of everything. This is, the, this is not God's beginning. So God is before this. And this is the beginning of the account of what God is going to do. This is the beginning of God revealing himself to humanity. Because this is him speaking through the writer to reveal himself to us through scripture. Amen. That's what the point of the scripture is for us to know him. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is simply saying straightforward. This is in the beginning, God. So God was before this is the beginning of the story. And this is the story of God creating what's up there and what's down here. That makes sense. Just kind of like putting it in our vernacular. Um, now tell me, when I say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, what picture is in your head? Somebody, somebody be brave and tell me first. 
What, what's the first, and there's no wrong answer. Genuine question. What pops in your head when I say God created the heavens and the earth? Yeah. All right. So this is how well I know you guys. Did it look like that? Maybe that pop in your head. So here's our first, here's our first cultural uh, translation. You show this to an ancient Israelite, no idea what they're looking at. We know because we've had studies and science and space travel and where we have pictures and we, we understand where we are. This ancient Israelite doesn't know that they don't see this. And so this is the first shift and maybe it's small, but it's the first shift that I want to get us comfortable with making is that this isn't how the audience, the author was writing to saw what immediately pops in our head are the, the first thing that's, that's us. That's the 21st century Westerner. They see something totally different. I'm going to flash forward real fast through the whole creation account and show you, cause I want to show you the difference of our cultures and how we need to work at seeing it from uh, their perspective. I don't know how much you can see this, uh, but I'll explain it. So as you go through Genesis, um, well, first off, has, has anybody seen this before? Is this do? So as you go through Genesis, this is like a picture of what we would see, uh, the description of Genesis, how an ancient Israelite saw the earth. So can you guys see this pointer wiggling around on the mountains? All right. So. There's the earth, there's mountains and the sea. And then, uh, the verse where God separated the waters from the waters. So here's the water up above, and then here's the water below. And then the foundations of the earth, these are the foundations of the earth is like these pillars. So, so in their view, if, if, um, if there's water above and water below, then what's holding up the land that you're on pillars, right? So that's the, that's the foundations of the earth are these pillars. And then, uh, this looks really weird to us like earth, the picture of earth. So if I go back, this is very intuitive, right? We, we think of the universe and we think like, Oh, earth. Well, it's cause we have this education. Try to lose this picture and think of like the last time you were outside and the sun was out real intuitively. I think this is what you'll find that. So this is the, the firmament. So this is the space here. Now, wouldn't you think if you had no training or anything, wouldn't you think that you lived in a dome? Cause you've got this blue thing above you that has no seams. So it's probably like a blue dome. And then the sun is probably inside that. And then periodically water comes from the sky. So there's got to be water above, right? So that this is, and then in scripture, we see that in creation where he separated the waters from the waters and he made this expanse. And then this is heaven is above all that. So this is like the picture. This is what was in their mind, their mind's eye. And it's totally foreign. And this is the first one. Don't let this rock your world too much. Let this drive you to the Bible. It's totally wrong. 
Does that trip anybody out? Is anybody all of a sudden freaking out like I need to leave this place? It, it's, it's totally wrong, but maybe because we're looking for Genesis to say something more than it was originally meant to say. And that's, that's the thing I want to push you to, to maybe go home and study is that maybe God in revealing himself wasn't trying to explain all the science for the rest of time. Maybe he wasn't trying to reveal through this author that this is his understanding in his time period, in his culture. And God is not trying to reveal to him. Okay, here's the deal. There's atoms. This is going to blow your mind. And then everything is made of these tiny atoms. He, he didn't do that, right? We don't find in scripture, um, although scripture, as we discover things in science, it, they line up scripture. The story of Genesis is not God unpacking to the ancient author, all of science. Does that make sense? So he's doing something else. He's revealing his character, right? So as we look at Genesis, as we've always looked at it as creation. And again, that's why I'm going to keep saying it. God created everything that never let what I'm saying, uh, steer you away from that's our foundation. God created everything. What I'm I'm trying to take us to look at it a different way saying maybe Genesis is answering questions or we're asking the wrong questions out of Genesis for us to answer. And it's God revealing himself through the scripture. So then um, this is what the ancient Israelites pictured. So we have in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now we're one verse into Genesis (laughs) Read verse two. Now the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So I see things in verse two. Do you guys see things in the beginning? God created the heavens and the earth. So Here's the beginning of the story of God revealing his character to humanity. And this is the story of him creating what's up there and what's down here. Now the earth. So there's one thing was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. There's another thing. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There's three things going on already. There's three. So what's the picture? Again, there's no wrong answer. Genuinely curious. What picture do you have in your head? When I just read the earth was out without form and void and the darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Anybody have a picture in their mind? And like, what's the, th- right. What else? Again, I, I'm genuinely curious. My mind, it's like uh, like black, uh, like goo, I guess. Like I picture, so I see water, so I picture dark water and, and moving. Anybody else kind of see that maybe in their mind's eye? So it was formless and void, okay, and, and hovering over the water. So water, same kind of thing, like water formless is like chaotic maybe. So the, the Hebrew word here is we're going to learn a little Hebrew tonight real fast. Cause we got to wrap it up is tohu. 
And it's a alliteration. So tohu vavohu is uh, the formless and void. So wild and waste, as I've heard it said in English, to keep that alliteration going. So tohu occurs 20 times in scripture. Listen to what um, its meanings throughout those 20 times. Chaos, confusion, desolate, emptiness, formless, futile, meaningless, Waste, wasted place, nothing. So it's a kind of a different picture, right? A little bit different picture maybe of, of our quick reading through Genesis. So the earth was, was chaos. It was formless. And it's a good translation, formless and void. It was wild, wild and waste. And so this is the setting up of... God created everything, but what we're going to unpack is, I think, um, vital. I think, I, I hope that after we do this study through Genesis, that the rest of scripture is going to maybe get a little, I hope it sparks your interest. I think that's what I'm trying to say is that as we go through this, we're going to see not only that God created everything, but we're going to see the character of God in that he's a God of order. And I think Mike, you nailed it is that he has all these things and God puts, puts it into place and we see him causing functions. And then also we'll see that separation that I was telling us about that we have natural and supernatural. We'll see that God is in everything because he set up these orders. He created these things. So even the natural stuff of the seed falls and then the tree grows out of that. He did that. He created that order, that function. He created the function of a man and woman be able to have a baby and a woman carrying a child. Although that's a, a natural thing we see it's, it's supernatural or it's all the same thing. And so we're going to go through and see the character of God all through Genesis that he is building something but he's not, it's not merely the story of how God built the house. So the lumber, the nails, the flooring, the paint, but it's how God built a home. And that's, that's going to be our theme running through Genesis is that I think we've always read Genesis and it's not a wrong way to read Genesis, but we've always read Genesis, uh, right off the bat as this is the building of the house. And so we're going to look at it from a different, little bit different angle. And this is how did God build a home and what was the form that he was doing? And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm so excited to get to day seven. So, so it's far away, but I am so pumped. Uh, two nights ago when I was just studying, I think I was by myself and I was audibly just like, no way. Like I was so psyched. So I can't wait to get to, to day seven. So, um, hopefully I know it was a lot of a little amount of scripture, but I, I I'm, I'm trying to set the stage for what we're going to go through. And hopefully, uh, you have questions from this. And so, so dive in, dive in. You have the week to dive into scripture, find some answers. And I'll say it again. I'm welcome to be wrong. Push back against stuff. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, I'd gladly be wrong if God's glorified in us sharpening each other. 